Grace and peace, friends. Today I want to share a simple distinction. It's not mine and that I didn't come up with it, but I can tell you it's why I'm still a Christian. And it's something that has helped me read Holy Scripture and not throw in the towel because I don't measure up on one side or become a self-righteous hypocrite on the other. This distinction I've found most clearly articulated, of course, in our namesake Martin Luther, but it runs all throughout the Bible and church history. Indeed, this distinction has changed Jesus from being some champion of a moral cause, however you define it, to being my friend, savior, and companion. So let's take a step back. After the Diet of Worms, where Luther took his stand and did not recant, Luther's political leader, Elector Prince Frederick, probably you might think about Frederick like a local dictator king, kidnapped Luther to keep Luther safe and keep him from being killed and hid him away then in a castle in Wartburg. What happened while Luther was in exile? Hmm, wait a minute. Exile, that that sounds a little like physical distancing and lockdown. Well, anyway, while he was in his lockdown, he poured himself into his work and most famously translated the New Testament into German in a way that it had never been done before, and in doing so actually gave Germans a unified language. But Luther also wrote other amazing works and sermons, and it's from one I want to read to you today about this distinction. It is his writing called What to Look For in the Four Gospels from 1522. And by the way, Luther's time at the Wartburg Castle was tough and hard and almost drove him batty like it's doing for all of us too. Well, let's hear from Luther. Be sure, Luther says, moreover, that you do not make Christ into a Moses as if Christ did nothing more than teach and provide examples as the other saints do, as if the gospel were simply a textbook of teachings or laws. Therefore, you should grasp Christ his words, works, and sufferings in a two-fold manner. First, as an example that is presented to you, which you should follow and imitate. Thus, when you see how he prays fast, helps people, and shows them love, so you also should do both for yourself and for your neighbor. However, this is the smallest part of the gospel, on the basis of which it cannot yet even be called gospel. For on this level, Christ is of no more help to you than some other saint. No, you must grasp Christ at a much higher level. The chief article and foundation of the gospel is that before you take Christ as an example, you accept and recognize him as a gift, as a present that God has given you that is your own. This means that when you see or hear of Christ doing or suffering something, you do not doubt that Christ himself with his deeds and suffering belongs to you. 
See, this is what it means to have a proper grasp of the gospel, that is, of the overwhelming goodness of God. This is the great fire of the love of God for us, whereby the heart and conscience become happy, secure, and content. This is what preaching the Christian faith means. This is why such preaching is called good news, gospel. See, when you lay hold of Christ as a gift, which is given for you, for your very own, and have no doubt about it, you are a Christian. Faith redeems you from sin, death, and hell, and enables you to overcome all things. No one can speak enough about this. Now, when you have Christ as the foundation and chief blessing of your salvation, then the other part follows, that you take him as your example, giving yourself in service to your neighbor, just as you see that Christ has given himself for you. Man, that's some powerful words. So what is the distinction I'm talking about? It's simple, gift and example. Simple but profound. Promises and commands. For you English majors, the indicative versus the imperative. Luther would lament in his day that there was very little preaching of Christ as a gift, and almost all of it was Christ as example. I'm actually pretty sure it's still that way, by the way, in most churches today on Sunday morning. Do you get a list of to-do items when you go there, or are you given Christ and his benefits? (laughs) Well, something for you to think about. More importantly today, as you are in your exile, I pray you will take hold of Christ today as gift. And I pray the works of Christ will then flow through you to your neighbor freely and joyfully. Amen.